0: This is Freelance Feels, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance, or thinking about it. My name's Jenny Stallard, I'm a freelance lifestyle journalist, and I founded Freelance Feels in 2019 as a response to my own mental health challenges. The idea behind Freelance Feels is to show freelance life in all its reality, from the down moments to the yay ones, and share other people's stories as well, so we all feel less alone in the self-employed world. I speak to a different freelancer, self-employed person or entrepreneur about their work and mental health, exploring their story, their challenges and triumphs, as well as getting valuable advice from them. Freelance Feels is also a newsletter, freelancefeels.substack.com and on social media at freelance underscore feels. Please do come and find me on Instagram and let me know how you're getting on with your freelance journey. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review it. And now, on with the episode. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode I'm chatting to Shona Chambers. Hello Shona, welcome, how are you? I'm good, thank you Jenny. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Would you like to tell everybody what your freelance is and indeed if you use the word freelance to describe what you do?
1: Yeah sure, so I'm a freelance marketing consultant and I work with small business owners um, to really help them with their marketing, from planning to inception,
0: and what does for anyone that doesn't understand marketing? What exactly, how would you describe marketing for those that might be like, oh, I know the word, but what is marketing really? Um. So I think marketing
1: for small business owners is um, conveying the ideas that we have to lots of other people who might also be interested, and that is a very simple way to put it. I think.
0: Brilliant. And when did you get into all of this? Have you always been freelance or was it something that came to you recently or a few years ago? What, what was your journey to being self-employed? Uh, I
1: worked in corporate marketing until 2011. Um, I was made redundant, like lots of us. Um, and I just had one of those moments where I thought, OK, I could get another big job. Um, in fact, I did get another big job. I was offered. And I thought, no, this is my chance to do something else. So mm. since then, I have been, um, yes, free and out there as a freelancer
0: brilliant do you like it because sometimes redundancy into freelance which was my experience a few years ago now it's kind of scary isn't it because it's like well there's an excitement but then there's oh my goodness oh my goodness but you've got maybe the redundancy money how did you feel when you first went freelancing was it exciting
1: yeah, I did find it exciting. It felt um I think one of the things that you very quickly learn is that you have to be guided by yourself, which sounds crazy, but when you've always had a boss telling you what to do, um you know, you realize very quickly that you need to get good at self-directed behavior that's going to help you so, you know, you need to think in a different way. Um, instead of being fed projects, you've got to go and look for them. So,
0: um,
1: I mean, obviously, sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes you can find it quite difficult.
0: Yeah, totally agree. It's like that whole pitching and hustling. And the word hustle stresses me out a bit, to be honest. But I can't think <laughs> <give> of another word. <laughs> yeah. oh, and you also run the Self-Employed Club. I do what what is the self-employed club tell everyone about it
1: um so self-employed club started about three years ago and until last year was 100 percent real world networking
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so we used to meet in peckham um, and we used to do that once a month and it was a brilliant thing we had uh normally about 30 small business owners per session coming out to network really? um literally from every single you know career area and um, there's a great community feel about it so we just kept going with that format Um, and then gradually actually at the start of last year I was just starting to branch into more locations so I had it up to three locations just as coronavirus arrived to um, derail it for everyone so at the moment we are a Facebook page uh, with a Facebook group and an Instagram page uh, where we've just finished the self-employed club January challenge which was a 30-day challenge for anyone who wanted to post on their social media every day
0: to get them started this year. That was brilliant I love the challenge because you have some really good things for people to do there that really I think it really pushed people to think about who they were as a freelancer and to do fun things like I think you sort of said you know just things like here I am and then get people to introduce themselves which we all Shy away from this comes up a lot where people have said to me, Oh, you ha- have you? Why don't you do another introducing yourself? You know, we don't want to talk about yourself all the time, and then you think, But isn't that what social media is? hard <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? But that your challenge had great questions, I think. Did you have any favorites where any were particular that freelancers really went for as, as a part of the challenge?
1: Um, I think, I mean, some of the sort of easier ones, you know, like your favorite. A freelance outfit you know how do you dress for work every day that was a nice thing, and lots of people joined in with that one um or you know your freelance um your favorite place to work as well because I think before all of this started you would probably have found most of us in cafe or workspaces together with others even if we were sitting there with our headphones on you know ignoring each other we were still in a communal environment so yeah that got a good response as well you know where people like to work um but yeah I mean there was a die-hard few that kept it up for the whole month and on a, they were brilliant but you know we have people joining in it's same as last year it's the second year I've done it we had this year we had a lady um called Bronwyn who was in Sydney and she makes costumes for theatre um Ooh. people so she was posting up all sorts of brilliant things that she created and it was really interesting having that window into somebody's world that you would never have without the challenge so
0: you know we yeah it was really good. I love that that's the good thing about everything going online is the way things can go international suddenly because I guess someone from Sydney wouldn't have probably come to one of your London monthly meetups unless they'd happened to be in London where suddenly she can join in with the challenge from the other side of the world.
1: Really, really good. Realized realise how small the world really is in many ways.
0: Yeah, very much so. And we were chatting before we pressed record, we were just having a quick chat. And it's interesting what you just said then about you used to be working in cafes and I used to work in offices a lot. I used to do a lot of in-house work. So this time we're beginning of February 2021. February 2020, I was working so-called shifts in an office, going in every day, commuting, having that environment. And suddenly, bam, even people who are self-employed are working from home mm. how have you found that transition has that been something that's been a kind of a challenge for you as a self-employed person who obviously likes to socialize with other self-employed people
1: yeah um I think I must admit I, I did have a bit of a period where I felt a bit of shock when it all started last year definitely um and I because I do a lot of training normally with people so um helping small business owners with things like how to market your business in a local area um or how to put on events that sell so i would be doing those in person and all of that had to stop in March
2: mm. and it
1: kind of was a bit of a shock to the system so I did step back from it all for about three months and um I used my time in a different way which was to write my book um which is 100 marketing tips for small business owners then I felt like right now I want to get out there again and I want to reconnect with people um, but for me it was almost like I just needed that bit of quiet at the start to do something else and I enjoyed doing that project but now I'm very much like totally back into the networking swing and I I try and do something every day to be honest.
0: Mm -hmm. Brilliant so something when you say something for networking do you mean like join a webinar or an Instagram live something along those lines?
1: Yeah definitely I mean I have a range of my own kind of places so I'm a bit of a you know, I've got my, I've got two Facebook groups, so for self-employed club and my own business, so I'm often there, um, you know, Instagram lives, but last week I actually took part in a, um, a lady approached me about doing a one-to-one coffee chat. Um, Mm. and yeah, she's done it with quite a lot of people actually. And, um, you know, I thought, well, that sounds absolutely brilliant. Why, why not? So, um, I did that and, uh, she's apparently had 70 of those meetings over the last. few weeks and I don't know if it's all right to do a name drop, but she's called Lisa mm-hmm. Timesend she's a brilliant coach so I'm sure if anyone would like to do a micro networking session then she would probably be quite happy to have a chat
0: that's a brilliant idea and it's something that you sort of think Yeah, when I was out and about freelance, for want of a better word, I would often say to people, especially people who are PRs, because that's sort of then I'd connect with them and their product. And that might be something for an article I was writing um, or a client of theirs might be good for the podcast. Yeah, we'd have a coffee or we'd have if I was working the shifts, we might have a breakfast at sort of half seven, eight o'clock and then I'd go to the office. But yeah, meeting online one on one, I don't think occurs to a lot of people. That's a really good tip.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's, she's found it really works for her. And I think similarly with why I haven't really pushed Self-Employed Club into lots of online events is because, I mean, I I feel like the, the one-to-one connection you make with people when you go to things and you can almost think, oh, that lady over there looks interesting. I'm going to go and speak to her. You can't do that in online events. Mm. You're relying on the host to split the groups into small enough groups so that you can chat. So I think seeking out those smaller one-to-one sessions, even if whether or not it's something like that she does as her thing, um, or if you just speak to somebody you like the look of online and say, would you like to have a, you know, shall we have a coffee together on Zoom tomorrow? I think it's just being brave enough to to just approach people and realise that most people will say yes.
0: Mm. I think a lot of people are dying to be asked probably actually yes you mentioned the break the being brave because as you were talking about it I could feel my tummy sort of going thinking I've got (laughs) to email people I don't know and ask them to coffee on zoom like how how might you would you have any advice for people who might then be thinking the same thing going I can't just email someone and ask (laughs)
1: um well funny enough I've just had a meeting with a client this morning and he was talking about um you know how he'd like to Uh, build more networking into his business and um you know I said one of the things you've got to do is when you approach somebody make them feel like you actually know what they're doing a bit because there's nothing worse than those awful LinkedIn uh, messages that we all get like your profile looks interesting I'd like to contact you and you think well if you think my profile's interesting could you not have picked one thing out that I've done in the last year because I'm pretty much on there you know you can see what I'm doing um So that would be my tip. I think if you're going to reach out to somebody, be you know polite and and speak to them in the same way that you would if you saw them across the room. You know, think find something to say. Oh, well, I like this that you do. You know, if somebody's always talking about books and you love books, you know, make that the point of your connection. I'd love to have a book chat with you. Or um, if you both love fashion and you see that they're wearing a great color and it sparks the conversation use that as you're in but I think just always be human about connecting
0: mm. always be human about connecting that's so lovely oh I've got my tingle moment <laughs> I always get a tingle moment during the podcast when someone says something there you've done you've done you're coming quite early with a tingle moment often it's not at the end that's strong tingle moment action there <laughs> Why do you think online networking is so important for freelancers? I mean, we're talking particularly during the pandemic, but I guess networking slash now online networking, why is it so important for us to connect through groups like, like yours and through, through making coffee chats? Why, why do you think we need that as self-employed people?
1: Um, well, I mean, there's obviously the fact that we need to find work. I mean, some people are lucky that they're booked up months ahead. Others, mm. you know, need to kind of have that turnover of clients that they're meeting. So um, I think we need to let people know what we need. And and that can be done through Facebook groups or anywhere else. Um, I think then secondary to that, there's just the fact that humans aren't really meant to be alone. We're not a species that have evolved to live alone. Um, So, you know, particularly if you do live alone, I think you need to make the efforts for yourself to to sort of get out there and have those conversations with people that are going to spark ideas. Mm. We all need more ideas and to just help us be in the right mind state, I think, to do well in our work.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I really love that. And it's kind of like, I guess from my point of view, I kind of think, well, it's just nice to know someone else is in the same boat. And I don't mean in a negative way, you know, it's not like, oh no, we're all in this together. It's more, come on, we're all in this together. And sometimes... I mean, even like doing this chat with you and we did an Instagram live on Self-Employed Club in January and it's just nice to connect with people and think, oh yeah, there's other ones like me out there. There's other freelancers who are, who are all facing the same challenges and, you know, rising to it mostly, I'd say.
1: Yeah, completely. You know, we are, but we're all different too. It's so interesting. I think when you meet people um, who work for themselves, you know, you realise that um, everyone is so different and everyone's always offering different things. Um, you know that's why I think it's good to get over this idea of the competition Mm -hmm. because no it's really your competition you know you're you should be competing against yourself trying to do better this year than you did last year that's your competition if you spend your time thinking oh there's somebody else over there that does marketing and they might not even do the same kinds, because marketing is such a big umbrella term and You know, you've got all the people who are amazing social media managers, which isn't me. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got people who are amazing at SEO. Uh, You've got the copywriters who are making it all look amazing. So there's such a wealth of different skills, even when you say, oh, you're potentially competitive to me. So Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing to just try and get over and just have conversations with
0: everyone. I find that really interesting because... I'm naturally a very competitive person and I don't know if you'd agree, but I think sometimes social media can make us feel more competitive. It can be hard not to see what someone else has put out there and think, oh, well, so-and-so has got another podcast episode out. Perhaps I shouldn't, I should bring my new season forward. Or I don't know, so and so's written another blog post. I tell you what one thing is I'd love to get your opinion on is lots of people are starting to make their grid on Instagram look a bit like a checkerboard. So it'll have certain posts so that when you scroll, might have you know certain things in certain places so that yeah it looks a bit like a chessboard, and Mm -hmm. that's kind of pushing my buttons a little bit at the moment where I'm like oh my god is my grid supposed to look like a checkerboard am I failing at Instagram (laughs) (laughs) so the comparing as well as the competing where where do you sort of stand on perfect Instagram grids and and comparing with, with other people
1: yeah I think it's um Right well my grid certainly isn't perfect and I always go for content over look to be honest I mean I know I know I've got colleagues in the marketing world who disagree with me on that Mm -hmm. Um, but I think if if your personality comes through and your content's good you so long as your pictures aren't awful you're not really going to have a problem but um, I mean obviously from a brand point of view when you're talking about big companies cohesion is important so you know, um, that's why they pay people a lot of money to make sure that every single thing they do under their brand is within guidelines and, and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, I think for small business owners, if every time you post, nobody responds, um, then you've got a problem. Yeah. You know, if, if, when you, if when you post, most of your posts get comments that spark discussion, that get you inquiries, um, that get people signing up to your newsletter or going to see your website that's what you're there for as a small business owner it's not really about having the most beautiful feed in the whole world um, and spending you know hours and hours a day slaving over it I think that's counterintuitive to the fact that our time is so valuable but I do understand what you mean and um, I think again there's if people are sort of setting you off the mute button is great for that you know people are not what you want to see when you go on every day mute them and um it doesn't mean you have to unfollow but if if they're doing something that is bothering you then don't see them for a bit you know get them out of your eye
0: line oh i'm such a fan of the mute button so i think people think oh no but am i am i going to offend them it's like a they are not they don't know they don't really know if you unfollow them they might realize in time but unless someone's checking who's following them every day they're too busy doing their own thing aren't they to wonder whether you've muted them I'd say absolutely yeah. and you mentioned your book tell us more about your book and the fact that you wrote that in lockdown you sort of made that decision to step back from some of your work and do that as your work instead I'd love to to hear a bit more about that
1: oh thank you um, yeah so uh, I'd written a blog about two three years ago now which is called 50 free marketing tips for hmm. small business Owners, and. Uh, I got so much good feedback on it. You know, in my networking group, quite a few people who had um, franchises and things were telling me, "I've taken this post into the office. It's pinned onto our fridge, um, or I've given, I've sent this around all my colleagues." You know, and I just thought, "Well, wow, that's brilliant." Considering you know, it's just tips, and I think often we think tips aren't valuable. It's kind of a throwaway thing that you know you don't necessarily see um, in the same way as when somebody presents um you know a very full argument around something you know in a, in a kind of theory-based book so anyway that's the idea that put it in my mind and um I had this thought you know this is valuable people like it what else can I do so I thought maybe I could try and write 100 fresh tips and it was a bit of a challenge for me to mm. be honest I thought we've well, already written 50 what else can you come up with um, so again I've got quite a young daughter my other son's a bit older and so Uh, Often I'd be writing in like 20 minute, quite intense bursts. just sort of slip off for a bit and hope she doesn't notice I've gone. Um, (laughs) How old is she? She's five, by the way, so I'm not leaving like a baby in a high chair somewhere. Um, (laughs) So I'd be sneaking off and, you know, I'd just about get, you know, three or four done and then she would arrive. So um, it was quite a process of just doing lots of things over short bits of time. Um, so something I'd say to other people quite often you know all time is valuable I think we've got this idea that to do anything you've got to be able to like block your diary out six hours and sit there and you know slave over something but you can be just as creative in short bursts I think when you have to be yeah Um, so yes that's the story of 100 marketing tips for small business owners and I was very lucky I had an excellent designer um, who has done lots of book design before So. yes um Jules from Design and Tea uh and I had a great editor um because you need somebody to proofread all this Mm. you know otherwise and her development advice as well she's not really on social media but her name's Sonia Barker so if anyone's looking for help I'd recommend
0: both of those ladies very much brilliant and did you self-publish I did yeah Yeah. Yeah. how was that because that's quite a big thing to decide to do like that's especially again during a pandemic You've got young kids, and you're like, I, I think I'll just publish a book, you know, in your so called damp. It's funny that when people, and I'm the same, lots of people sort of see book writing as almost a side project, a bit of an indulgence, whereas it's actually something that's a real tool for your business, I'm imagining.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely, oh, I mean, taking the step to do it, that was, uh, I think I didn't really realise as I went along at the start that I was really doing it. And then, mm-hmm when I got to the point where I had quite a lot of words written and I was sitting there and thinking, well, actually, I think this is useful. I think other people will find this useful. Okay, now what do I do? And it was really when I got the development advice on what I'd written.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I, I re- it's, I spent quite a lot of time rewriting as well, which, you know, I'm sure people who actually know about this stuff would say, oh yes, that's the lion's share of when you write, you're rewriting. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, that was a completely new thing. Um, and it took me a lot longer to get it out there. I think I'd finished it and it sort of sat there for about a month because I kind of got hooked on the idea that I needed to find somebody awesome that would give me a quote for it to go on the cover. Um, and in the end, I absolutely did. You know, I completely lucked out with the person who did give me a quote. But I think that really stops me. I felt like unless somebody else endorses this, I don't feel like I can just ship it, as Seth Godin always says. Um, <laughs> you know so there was a bit of a delay on the shipping front
0: <laughs> who was your quote who did you get your quote from
1: um graham Olcott, who wrote the productivity ninja i um, big fan of graham and um you know his book is amazing and he's obviously written others since but i think reading that um and other books too by laura van der um those books have really shaped how i see my time management and. So to have a quote from Graham was simply amazing.
0: That's wonderful. Oh, and it's that thing again where we were talking again before we pressed record about approaching people and saying, hi, would you like to, oh, like when we said about having a coffee with somebody as well, that that sort of, well, God, are they going to want to talk to me? They're somebody in the industry. And you say, well, sometimes, especially as a freelancer, you've got to ask, haven't you? And the worst case scenario is, well, he might have said, sorry, I don't have time. Or no, I don't want to endorse your book. But your best case scenario is, yeah, I'll I'll come on your podcast. I'll give you a quote for the front of your book. And then you're flying high on the excitement of the yes, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I couldn't
1: believe it. Honestly, it was a really great moment. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I do think people, most people are on the other end of their social media, even if they've got a team and all the rest of it. Mm. So you might as well just reach out. I think it does help if you um, try and build a relationship beforehand. Um, with anyone that you want to you know have a have a, a business um, relationship with so whoever they are you know it's um instead of just going straight in there and asking people things because your first thought is who is this when you get those you yeah. think I don't know you i and then it just depends on the kind of mood you're in and whether you're going to say yes or no um and and so I think sometimes there's something to be said for thinking about where you want to go next and maybe thinking about the people who may be able to help you depending
0: on the direction you're going in. Yeah. That's fantastic advice. Cause I think ahead to people, like I have a list of dream podcast guests as it were, you know, like sort of your celebs that like, I'm like, I must email that person. And yeah, if you go in cold and you just say, hi, do you want to? And then you sort of think, well, hold on. Are you following them on social media? Have you ever commented on their posts? you know if it's somebody in a certain industry are you are you interested in what they do or do you just want them because they're famous sort of thing so it's almost like breaking down like you say sort of getting to know them a little bit before mm-hmm. you then make the intro because if they say yes you're suddenly like oh god I've got to research what the hell they do oh my god yeah I asked about them. you've given you've inspired me to send out the emails actually the that kind of idea of well you don't ask you'll never know it's so true <laughs> Is so true. I'm loving the advice. I'm all about the practical advice. And I know your book is obviously full of loads of tips. So we won't give too many away because we want people to buy your book and get the tips that way. Um, But I wondered if you had some advice for people who might be thinking, OK, I'm in this space. It's a pandemic. I'm self-employed, but I want to market my business more. What would be sort of perhaps your couple of top line? Look, if you're going to do something today after listening to the podcast, here's a couple of things that that would be a good idea if you're self-employed and you're wanting to market your business or market it better.
1: Yeah, so probably one of the first things that I would um, talk about is um, thinking about how you're going to get the attention of the people that you want to reach out to. So, um, you know, I think it's a really good idea to think about, um, you know, how to get people listening to what you've got to say. So, one of the tips I give away all the time is if you're not sure what your ideal client or ideal customer is worried about at the moment or wanting to know at the moment, mm. is go onto Google and put a question in that's similar to the kind of things you think that they might want to know you will be amazed at how much information you get back because Mm -hmm. google will will tell you okay yes this is what people have asked already and here are some other questions that are similar to the thing that you know you've put in Mm -hmm. so it gives you a lot of ideas for the kind of concerns that people might have right now that your business could help with Um, and then obviously use those things to build content for your customers that you know that they they already want to know about so they're going to be searching for it so if it's a blog you've got more chance of being found if it's on your social media then hopefully you've got those followers already and they'll straight away be like oh yeah that's a real burning issue for me right now um so I'm definitely going to engage with that content so it's always that check and respond check and respond put something out is it right look for a way of verifying it you know it's um yeah, Google and also Pinterest and YouTube are also very good for getting a good idea of what people are searching for and, and trying to bring that back and use that for yourself.
0: That's a great idea. I never think of Pinterest. Like Sometimes people mention it and I think for me it's always just been a bit of a kind of a, a playing around type place for like just finding... I'm currently slightly in wedding planning, very tentative wedding. Basically, I've looked at lots of flowers and fluffy things on, on Pinterest for weddings. And that's as far as I ever really use it for planning personal stuff. But how would you use Pinterest for work then? That's quite interesting to me that that might be a tool. Everyone's probably um, listening and going, Jenny, use Pinterest. Everyone uses it. I, don't <laughs> I think
1: everyone doesn't use it, actually. And it's a very powerful tool. So Pinterest is a hybrid. It's a half social media and half the search tool um, they say that people who are on there are much more likely to be in buying mode as well so as a business not being there is, is not a good thing to do um, the, the 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 best thing to do is to pin lots of things that lead back to your website and that's the great thing about pinterest if you um put up 10 posts on instagram that were all pretty much exactly the same your audience would switch off very quickly or think, what's she doing? Mm. With Pinterest, you could have 100 pins all leading back to the same blog. Um, All you've got to do is put a different pin together. So it's an amazing generator of traffic for your website if you get it right. Um, The other thing that it is, is you can get such a good idea of what your ideal clients are searching for themselves. Mm. Um, You know, anything you put in, it will give you a list of suggestions of other things that are very similar so you can see um, if, if you're kind of using the right language um, in your pins and get a real idea of what the keywords might be for your customers.
0: I'm, my mind is like going right now. Like I, just, I, just, I genuinely had no idea. And if anyone is listening and thinking, oh, Jenny, how did you have no idea? I guess this is the thing with social media is I spend a lot of time on Instagram and I'm starting to really understand the different ways that Instagram can drive traffic to website or get people to sign up for something that you're offering, like a course or a webinar or to listen to a podcast episode. But I guess there'll be some people for whom Pinterest is really their thing. There'll be other people for whom, and I'm going to say the C word, Clubhouse (laughs) is (laughs) becoming the thing. Whereas for others, Clubhouse is a bit of a like, oh goodness, another app, another networking tool. Should I be using it? Uh, I guess my question is, do you think that social media and the things we choose operate on are very personal or do you think we should be using quite a range of things and just and playing around a little bit rather than I'm only Instagram or I'm only Twitter you know
1: well I mean it's a good question I think first of all you've got to think about who you are and what you do and where your audience naturally are going to be Mm. so for some people it's all about LinkedIn so it makes much more sense to put the lion's share of effort of your limited valuable time into being there maintaining a presence doing lots of commenting, getting involved in groups, maybe trying out LinkedIn stories, all of the things that get you noticed there, writing articles, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. But for other people, if your audience is maybe um, mums with young children, then you've got to think about where are they going to be when they get five minutes um, to pick up their phone and just have a look at what's going on in the world. And it's it's likely to be Instagram or Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, So, again, you know, it's... um, it's all about thinking about who your audience are. If you've got a very, if you're trying to sell to a lot of other businesses, it might be Twitter. Twitter's mm. really great for small business owners because of all the Twitter hours, the hashtag searchability, um, the fact that you know you can tweet so many times in a day, and in fact you probably want to if you're trying to build up over there. Mm. Um, you know, and, and you don't have to just kind of put out one heartfelt, meaningful post a day, which is more what Instagram's about. Mm. You know, so. With Instagram, you probably don't want to be posting more than twice a day as absolute max and then using all the different features that are there as well. So it's all about your audience, how you like to be on social media as well mm. um, and thinking about how much time you've got because, you, you know, you're not trying to be the next Kardashian and build an empire of followers. You're trying to build a business that, you know, works for you and your social media is part of your lead generation. Mm-hmm. So... That's what it's all about, really, and and it's just keeping an eye on yourself, I think, when we get a bit carried away, and, you know, if you're spending four hours a day, every day, producing content, and commenting, and all the rest of it, then is that a really good, valuable use
0: of your time? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so interesting. Oh, you've given me lots to think about. Do you have a (laughs) favourite social media platform? Um, I've got a bit there, but...
1: (laughs) I do love Twitter. I I think because that was the first place I really started off. I think, you know, um, yeah, I love Twitter, but I also, my home place at the moment is probably Instagram. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm all about the Instagram Instagram. very much. Like you said at the beginning, it's an Instagram community and it's like actually Instagram has that lovely feel to it where people do feel like they can say, you know, respond to something you put on stories. But I totally agree with you about using everything it has to offer for example recently I started doing Instagram live just chatting to the camera and I've had a really good response from it and I thought oh I thought I was getting everything I needed from stories but actually and coming on the Instagram with live, live with you for the self-employed club like a lunchtime chat and you're doing some more of those aren't you coming up
1: yeah I've got one the Pip um well actually sorry Pip's doing the Facebook um, live next mm. Monday so she's an HR professional um so I thought that would be really good for people because I think hr is an area that we don't necessarily always understand Mm. um so i'm sure that people are going to have lots of questions um for pip and then yes i have got other lives coming up um actually the lady becky who her whole business is about helping small business owners write a book if they've got that in them and they want to get it out then um, yeah becky sanderson so she's miss digital so no miss digital media is her handle Um, so she's coming on shortly as well yeah
0: fantastic brilliant well that leads me seamlessly on to would you like to tell everyone where they can find you if they're interested in working with you as someone who can help them with their marketing um, and also the self-employed club tell everybody everywhere and the book everything where they can find you hit us with the info
1: (laughs) okay so my website is shonachambersmarketing.co.uk um, I've got my newsletter sign up there, and if anyone who's listening is interested, um, if they sign up for that, they'll get a free chapter of my book, which is all about marketing planning. So hopefully, that's a useful thing for them if they sign up. Um, all my blogs are over there. There's seventy blogs now, with marketing help topics. You know, anything that people might need to know about. Um, also, I am Shona Chambers Marketing on pretty much everything. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then on the other side, I'm at Self-Employed Club, which is a Instagram community and a Facebook group as well. So those are sort of my places. And the book is for sale on my website um, and also on the Amazon as well.
0: Fantastic. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Shona. It's been really, really interesting to chat to you. Thank you for all your practical advice. Thank you for the tingles. And uh, yeah, everyone head over to Self-Employed Club for, for more stuff all about being self-employed from Shona. Thank you so much for joining me. listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you have, you can rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and follow for future episodes. You can find more about Freelance Feels at freelancefeels.com and more of my work at jennystallard.com. Freelance Feels also has a monthly newsletter, which you can sign up to at freelancefeels.substack.com. And for daily updates, follow on Instagram and Twitter at freelance underscore feels.